Hello. Welcome to Worship Ministry Today, a monthly podcast brought to you by Lilinus Publishing Company, where we bring you resources for ministry in arts, worship, and music, as well as bringing you topics that we hope inspire you and challenge you in your ministry today. Today, we have a special guest that I've looked forward to interviewing for quite a while. His name is Paulo Barros. He is the Associate Pastor of Worship and Arts at Pleasant Valley Baptist Church, just north of Kansas City. And uh, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about Paulo because I know he's the kind of person that, that wouldn't tell you much about himself, but I think it will help in our getting a perspective on his ministry and what all he's involved with. Paulo is responsible for drama, praise and worship, choir, orchestra, all of the lighting, the video, radio broadcasts, etc. So he has a great deal of responsibility, yet you will hear soon that he delegates most of that and views his role in the ministry as that of an enabler. Today we'll be talking with Paulo about grace, God's grace, grace that goes before us, grace living in us, grace applied to difficult situations, grace that redeems us. So let's share with Paulo about God's grace. Welcome to Worship Ministry Today, Paulo. Would you clarify for us your official title at uh, Pleasant Valley Baptist Church? Uh, Associate Pastor of Worship and Arts. Paulo, I know you'd be the last to offer this, so I'll have to pry it out of you. Would you let us know what the size of your church is? I know you have services on Saturday night, a couple on Sunday. We have 3,500 in worship services. In a church that size, I'm sure you have a lot of areas of responsibility in your ministry. Would you share those with us? Under my direction, we have the clown ministry, uh, which is about 40 to 50 clowns who are ambassadors out to the community. We have the drama ministry. Uh, We do uh, drama skits throughout the year and also productions. We have uh, the children's and youth choirs, and the children's choirs are praise kids, it's called, and we have even a summer program going on right now with about 300 kids in it. Um, We have the regular choir and the orchestra, praise band uh, for Saturday night, praise teams. Uh, Also have the banner ministry and... uh, I don't know if I'm forgetting anything else. <laughs> well, for instance, you have uh, lighting, uh, programmed lighting, video uh, post, audio post. Right, and and that I'm very fortunate to have a wonderful technical director who works with me on that, and he's full-time. He's the only other full-timer that we have on staff, uh, and he handles all the technical aspects, and uh, he's great. Paulo, in reflection on your ministry here at Pleasant Valley Baptist Church, what is it that you really do as Minister of Worship and Arts? Well, I, you know, uh, my job here at Pleasant Valley is mainly to lead people. Uh, I'm not here to lead music. I'm here to lead people. I lead them to the throne of grace in worship. I lead them by casting a vision and what the direction we are going. Because with 3,500 people um, and so many good ideas coming left and right, we have to... Um, narrow it down. Does it fit the vision? Does it fit our strategy as a church? Does it fit where we want to be five years from now? And uh, so 
uh, I lead them in, in that regard, uh, not only in casting division, but I'm also the cheerleader, uh, I'm an encourager, and uh, I have to find the people who God has placed here to lead each one of those areas. Uh, we have people who God has brought to us who uh, have those gifts and those talents. And my job is to bring all of these different pieces together and make sure that we are working and riding on the same bus and riding on the right seat. Paulo, it's obvious that there are so many things happening here under your ministry. Uh, it's exciting to see all the vehicles that you work through to proclaim our Lord. In fact, it uh, reminds me a little bit of a great resource by Lilliness Publishing for choir and orchestra called We Will Proclaim. Let's give that a listen. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. That's what we're all about, proclaiming God's grace. We will proclaim God's grace. Paulo, as we think about this subject, grace, and try to get our arms around this concept, I thought it would be good to find out from you, what does God's grace mean to you in your life? Well, I'm very fortunate to be here. Um, you know, you and I have known each other for, for quite a few years. And um, you know my background, but for some, some of the ones who are not um, familiar with, with me, God has placed me here at this church in a denomination that I, was not, uh, that I did not grow up in. Uh, but that's not the the thing that really um, gets my attention is the fact that I'm leading worship in a second language in a country that was not my birthland. And that is all God's doing. I could not have orchestrated this for my life. It is not what I had planned. I just gave God everything I had, and I told him to that he had permission to do whatever he wanted with my life. Uh, you know, I was reading in, in First Chronicles 17, and David says, um, he said he sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I, O Lord, that, uh, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as I look at that, I, I, uh, I, I feel what David feel, felt during that time. And saying, God, I did, not, I did nothing to deserve this, and you alone have done this because I could not have orchestrated this for my life. And that, that alone was the, you know, the, uh, the thing that brought me to the point of selling my home and leaving my job and leaving my home church that I'd been at for years and uh, been music minister at for 12 and to take a step of faith and leave everything I knew and to leave my reputation behind and to walk where no one knew my name and to where no one knew me at all and to, to do this job. And I, you know, I said, God, I'm going to trust you with this and because I've seen it lived out in the life of my parents that they trusted you and you've been gracious to them. And I trusted God, and uh, He was, you know, He was gracious to me, and and following these. And the thing that happened that very first year, December of that same year, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer, and um, and they uh, said that I had probably a sixty percent chance of living past five years, and I was um, sent from doctor to doctor and uh, encouraged to have a kidney removed right away, and uh, within three weeks of fervent prayer from my family and the church here, um, right before I was scheduled to have sur surgery to remove a kidney, um, the tumor went away and disappeared. And the doctors have no idea what happened, uh, but I, I knew that was just God saying, I've got your back. I'm still in this. And this is, you know, this is just to show you that I'm still in control. And so, and there was a time where I said, you know, God, I'm going to trust you because I just left everything to follow you to do this job. And um, and now I'm faced with this, and I really want to see my girls grow up. And they were, uh, you know, they were one-year-old and five, six years old. And, uh, but I knew that he, you know, just like the old song says, he, you know, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. And I knew that he had something for me. And what he wanted from me was faithfulness and obedience. And that's all I could give him. And uh, he took it from there. And it's been, it's been five years now since then. And uh, I have not had one, um, one bit of uh, symptoms or uh, anything regarding that whole kidney uh, thing in the past. But it's been a wonderful 
way to reach people with the gospel, just to share with them what God did for me and how he healed my, my body then you know, five years ago. It is so inspirational to hear again how God heals, how his grace goes before. I know that there are those listening who are anxious about some things in their lives, and I know that it is of great comfort to be affirmed again that our God is a gracious God. Sometimes he takes us out of the problem we're in or the suffering we're enduring. Sometimes he chooses not to take us out, but to go through it with us. But we all have great hope through God's grace that there will come a day where we will be in a place where all is perfect and all is about joy, where eyes don't cry. There's a song from Lilinus about that. Thought you might want to give it a listen.
Hi, we're back with Paulo Barros of Pleasant Valley Baptist Church. This is Steve with Worship Ministry Today. Paulo, you've shared with us the application of grace in your life, uh, the gift of God's grace and healing in your life. And it brings to my mind the subject that a lot of us uh, struggle with and uh, encounter frequently or infrequently, depending on the church, um, the need to apply grace to a tough situation or that difficult person. So the question is, um, are there situations where God's grace uh, has to be applied in order to uh, stay on course with the ministry? Oh, all the time. <laughs> um, you know, I've heard that uh, conflict is neither good nor bad. It's just It just is. And uh, uh, and I know that even in the church world and in, uh, that that happens. And sometimes it seems like everybody's got God on their side, but we're going through uh, things in a d- very different uh, way. And, and sometimes it takes quite a bit of tact and, and discipline and, and grace to, to deal with those. The most difficult things are when someone is clearly out of line with what Scripture says. And, and uh, we face that periodically here uh, in choir and orchestra and in the area that I lead. And there are there have been times over the last few years that I've had to go to someone and and sit them you know uh, sit a, you know from them and and say is this true uh, have you done this uh, and have you broken your marriage vows or whatever it is that you have done and uh, and uh, go through that valley with them but the whole goal has been restoration and the the plan had been I don't want to punish you for what you've done that is not my my goal. My goal is to restore you to that relationship that you have lost right now with God. And, uh, and I know that only by God's grace have we been able to do that. And uh, there are times when it, it works beautifully. And there are times when uh, hearts are hardened and people just do not respond in the way you want them to respond. And, uh, but we still have to try. Even, even sometimes when we get burned, we still have to try. Paulo, that's a great truth that you've reminded us of. God's grace evidenced in restoration as opposed to condemnation or accusation where we can stand firm and should stand firm on God's word yet we present the face of God through his grace in restoration. There's a pairing of resources that Lilliness has brought that will help create a a moment and help clarify this concept of the embodiment of God's grace in us as Christians. The first of this pair is a poignant reading on the subject of abortion, and it's followed by a great song entitled, Grace Flows Down. It seemed so clear to me. God's voice was as strong as I'd ever heard it. I really believe God told me to do what I did. I honestly think that. So, I went down there and I joined all the other believers. And I raised my voice with them in moral outrage, denouncing the atrocities that were being committed in that building. And I marched with fervor, carrying my sign which condemned all who entered those doors. And we circled those lone women who would dare to go in anyway. And we made it clear with it, Devout anger that what they did was not only immoral, sinful, and wicked, but was nothing less than murder. And 
As the media began to gather, we formed a line on each side of those doors, and we sang for all the world to hear, We shall not be moved. And one by one, a young woman would cover her head with her coat and try to run the gamut of our righteous anger, as if safety could be reached just inside that building. We linked our arms together and barred their entrance until the police had to literally pry us apart and drag or carry us bodily away. There was such strength among us. It felt so right and the cause so justified. I really believe God was pleased with me. I took a stand for life, for what I know to be right. Later that evening, as I watched the news, I saw our placards held high for all the world to read. Abortion is murder. Judgment awaits those who kill. Unborn babies have a right to life. I watched the officers try to move our inert bodies away from the entrance, and I heard her shrill cries of, Murderer! God forgive you! Sinner! And as I watched those women who saw this as their only way out go through those doors, I felt no moral victory. We didn't change anyone's mind. We did not turn one woman away. We didn't save one precious life. And as I stared at the TV and watched a camera zoom in tight on our contorted faces displaying such wrath and twisted rage at these women, I began to weep. Not only for all the unborn lives that would be lost, but for these women who saw us as the face of God and felt only our condemnation. I heard it said once that Jesus never called anyone a sinner. I didn't believe it, so I checked my concordance. (laughs) I can save you the time, it's true. That doesn't mean, of course, that we aren't. It does mean, however, that Jesus' initial response or point of reference toward us is always one of mercy and grace. And as I watched the news, I wondered if, in my zeal to defend God's law, I might have lost sight of the magnitude of Christ's forgiveness. And I wondered if if I'd only put down my stone to replace it with a placard. Please, hear me clearly. I believe God calls us to take a stand. I believe God calls us to be salt in this world. I also believe that it is God's mercy and forgiveness that attracts me to him, not his condemnation. Tomorrow I will go back there, but I won't carry a sign this time, and I won't join the throng at the entrance, but I will go around to the back door, away from the cameras in the crowd. And as those broken women come out with their bodies torn and their lives shattered, I will try to offer what I believe God offers us all, compassion, mercy, grace, comfort, healing, and a hope found only in Jesus.
Hi, this is Steve. You're back with Worship Ministry Today with Paulo Barros of Pleasant Valley Baptist Church. I thought I'd let you know now that you can reach some of these resources via lilinuspublishing.com forward slash worship ministry today. Paulo has also shared with us some of his actual service orders. This will give you an idea of his planning and how his services look. So I thought that might be of help to you. Paulo, I thought it would be helpful for us if you would share with us what you do to get yourself ready for Sunday morning spiritually. How do you get yourself out of the way to do God's work? You know, I, I don't know if I really think about it. I think it's just, I try to live there, so it's not something that I put on uh, during service time. And uh, because uh, it's never about me. Um, this weekend we did a song, uh, The Heart of Worship. And uh, says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. And uh, and I think about that song when I have to get out there. Uh, when you're facing that many people and you're afraid you're going to mess up or a rehearsal hasn't gone well, uh, or you know you're having technical difficulties or something like that, 
you're, you know, we're so reliant on our technology. We have no music in front of us. Uh, we have the screens that tell us the words, and we, we rely on the person pushing that button to know what that next song is because we can't memorize those, that many words uh, on a weekly basis. And we try to know it, but uh, we know what our limits are. And we just trust God that He will, that we, you know, that He will bless what we've done because we prepare and we give Him our first fruits, and we don't try to give Him our leftovers. Paulo, share with us your thoughts about grace as it relates to others. I think we extend that to each one of our people when we're out on the platform or in the back room or doing whatever we're doing. Well, I heard this comparison. Uh, justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And, um, and that, I, like, I like thinking of it that way. Grace uh, is getting what we don't deserve. And that is forgiveness and things from, from our brothers and sisters so that we can work as a team. Um, this is not my show. It does not have my name on it. And uh, it is not important that I be seen and heard out there. It is important that Jesus Christ be seen and heard. And I want to make sure that that comes out. And sometimes the avenue to get there will be in a different way than through me. And so we need to make sure that we are, as a team, that everyone feels valuable as part of this team, that we can minister to God and edify the body of Christ at the same time. If you were able to offer a gift of encouragement to our listeners, what would that be? I would just say trust God in, in all that you're doing. Uh, don't lean on your own understanding and acknowledge Him in everything that you're doing and he will direct your path. You know, there's always going to be something that's standing our way. And when we talk about grace of God and how he directs us, I look at that even though the prerequisites that man have put on us to do something, God said, this is what I want and this is who I need to do this job right now. I didn't do anything to earn it. And he gave it to me and he'll take it away when it's time. And that is fine. And, but I'm here to serve him. I'm here to be faithful to what he has for me. And so I, I acknowledge him in all of those things. Thank you, Paula. But uh, what would you really like to say to all of us if you could give us some advice? There's a movie that I liked a long time ago that came out. In fact, I bought it because it, one thing just stuck with me out of it. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Because a line from it said, be excellent to each other. And as I look at, uh, you know, the people I work with and, and the people I lead, and I try to tell them, and not in so many words, but I say, be excellent to each other. Well, there you have it. The gospel according yeah. to <laughs> Bill and Ted. Be excellent to each other. That's what I got to say. <laughs> there it is. Apollo's gift to us. Be excellent to each other. This is Steve Winicky and Paulo Barros. For Worship Ministry Today, thank you for joining us. We both hope that you have gained something from this time together and that you are encouraged. May the grace of God go with you, be evidenced in you, and go before you. Thank you for tuning in to the first edition of Worship Ministry Today. You can access all the resources mentioned in today's broadcast at lilinus.com slash podcast slash worship ministry today. You can also find a link there to email me. See you next time on Worship Ministry Today. Worship Ministry Today is copyrighted by Lilithus Publishing Company. All rights reserved.
No portion of this broadcast may be distributed, sold, or rebroadcast. For additional resources, log on to lilimus.com slash podcast slash worship ministry today. You'll also find a link there to contact me via email. We would appreciate any advice or suggestions you might offer for subjects in future broadcasts or just advice and what you'd like to see provided to you in the marketplace for worship ministry today.